I want to talk to you guys about this incredible new lube I discovered called Woo. I actually used it the other day in my personal life, and holy shit, I'm in love. It smells and it tastes amazing. It's made from natural stevia, vanilla essence, and beeswax. It kills germs, it's full of antioxidants, and it's free from chemicals. The packaging is also very classy and discreet, so it's not an eyesore on your bedside table. So go to wooforplay.com, that's W-O-O-F-O-R-P-L-A-Y.com, and enter code HOLLY for a 10% discount. That's wooforplay.com and enter code HOLLY, H-O-L-L-Y. You guys are going to love this stuff. Today on the show, I have male performer Logan Pierce. He is also an author and recently starred in a mainstream film called City of Ticks. I'm very excited to have him here. He is a bright man. He is a veteran in the adult industry, and I am sure he's got lots of stories to tell us. So please welcome to the podcast, Logan Pierce. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today I have male performer, Logan Pierce. Hey there, hi there. Hi Logan. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm sorry I was late. That's okay. I'm such That's a okay. mess this morning. Oh, we got to hang out, have some coffee, wander around the studio. Yeah. yeah. You want to hear why I was late? Sure. It's the most like, obnoxious like first world white girl problem. I'm actually embarrassed. Mm. I probably shouldn't even talk about this. Let's but see, what could it be? So basically... <laughs> I went to go to Orange Theory this morning, which is this like workout program, and I was two minutes late, and the fuckers gave my spot away to somebody else. So I just joined Equinox. So I drove to Equinox, but then I went the wrong way, and then I didn't get there till late. So then I could only run 25 minutes, and uh, it fucked up my morning, and then I got back, and I was running late. Oh, so, your bougie workout was oh, cut short. So obnoxious, right? <laughs> I like hate myself for saying that. I just want you all to know like what a horrible human being I am. I just wanted yeah, to make that very the clear. The absolute worst. I am the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Two boutique gym memberships. Okay, wow. but I am canceling Orange Theory, but they made me pay for another month before it's gone. So that's why. But after this month, it's it's mm. Equinox all the way. But And the only reason I even joined Equinox is because they just opened a brand new gym in Culver City where I live. And um, I got in on like a super, super special deal because I joined before the club opened. So I'm paying like oh, a see. lot less than sure, what most sure. other people pay. If I had to pay the full price, I don't think I would join. Yeah, what is it? $1,000 a week? <laughs> right. Something like that? It's mm. $240 a month, I believe. Wow. And that's for like the cheap gyms. Like there's that's ones that are more. That's my car payment right there. Really? Yeah. Oh God, my yeah, car just payment. Just for a gym membership. I have two car payments because mm. I have a van for my equipment. Not that's because you like to drive minivans. I get it. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> that's funny. What I'm working towards. It's, but it's funny. Sometimes I'll show up. You know, like I'll show up to set obviously with my equipment van, and people will be like, "Is that your car?" I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> I drive this huge fucking Ford Transit around LA, and I like park it in oh. Santa Monica, and it's no with all my equipment inside, and it's no problem." Those things like, parallel park like a dream. Oh God! But it has a reverse camera, which is amazing. Yeah, and you need it. it. You know what? It's really isn't, and it's bad too because my other car has a reverse camera as well. And I got in a car the other day, and I went to back up, and I was like, "Where's the reverse?" Like now, I for- <laughs> how do I do this? I forgot how to back up a car yeah, like a normal car, like how you would normally do it. It's tough. You're, you're you're trained to expect certain things, and then when they're taken away, you're like, "I I do not compute how how does this work?" We're how so can I- reliant on technology. Yeah. Like I was yeah. telling you earlier, mm-hmm. my phone disappeared for two days because I crushed it in a car door like an asshole. And you lost all your friends. I lost all, all my friends. All your professional contacts. Everyone everybody, hates you. Everybody who texted me in the last two days, like I never got it. So there's a bunch of people I didn't respond to probably hate me. I didn't have an alarm, so I couldn't wake myself up in the morning. You don't think about all of these things that you I mean, rely on. I don't on. own an alarm clock. You don't own an alarm clock? No, my phone's my alarm clock. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a, a digital exactly. or analog clock that I smack exactly. every morning. Exactly. And I was mm. shooting all week, and I had early call time, so I just had to, like... And my boyfriend's out of town on a fishing trip. So I just had to, like, hope that I would wake up on time, yeah. and then I don't have directions to the set. 
So I had to uh, write. Did you map quest it? Down. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to write it down. Okay. And then I was like driving the whole way to set, like in fear that my car would break down. And then like I wouldn't be able to call anybody. Yeah, yeah, you're trapped. It's crazy. Wow. And I like didn't know what time it was. Like I didn't know how long it was going to take me to get to set. Because, you know, yeah. like you have the traffic updates. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the 101 could be bumper to bumper. Yeah. And you have no idea until you're stuck in it. And exactly. it's too late. It's. Yeah, it was mm. like living in the Stone Age. I always think of um, the one scene in Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David gets a flat tire. Yeah. He doesn't know how to change it. He doesn't know how to talk to anyone. So he's standing on the sidewalk, clutching his, his spare, just hoping someone will stop and, and help him. <laughs> and nobody does. Of course But he's not. just so, you know, removed from, from that world that he can't, yeah. he just can't, can't do anything. I can't but change it. I can't I change it. a tire. Can you? Yeah. Yeah, I've changed plenty of tires. I can't change a tire. Yeah, you can. No. It's it's like a four step process. It's, it's so easy. So not. Yeah. In a pinch you'll have to, maybe one day. No way, because I'll have my cell phone to call AAA. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Touche. Okay. Well let's talk about you and okay. not about my first world problems anymore. Um so you are a male performer. Yes. How yes, long have you been in the business for? About seven years. Seven years? Yeah, it'll be seven on January seventeenth, two thousand nineteen. Oh wow. So when I shot my first scene. In 2012. That's the date of the Expos Awards. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, hmm, God. If only I could celebrate the anniversary with a win. Ooh, That'd be nice. hear that, Expos? How about that? How, hear that? <laughs> nudge, 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 wink, wink. It's okay. I've, like, never... Well, actually, that's not true. I've won two website awards from the Expos Awards, but mm. I've never won um, I've never won an AVN award. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I never I, nominate myself for anything. Yeah, it feels kind of phony to do that sometimes. I always like they're like, "Oh, what do you want to nominate?" I'm like, "I don't know. What do you guys want to nominate?" Yeah, like, is there anything you remember? <laughs> <laughs> but if you yeah. okay, but you've got to have some memorable scenes. Like, do you have any that like really stick out in your head that were either yeah. funny, a fucking disaster, mm. or were amazing? And you don't have to name names, especially sure, if you want to tell sure. us a disaster story. Yeah, Those I mean, well, the, the disaster story Those is are the best. You, they're usually the m- most entertaining because yes. the fun ones. It's like, oh. How was it? Oh, uh, it was a vacation. It was yeah. a blast. I had know. a really good time having yeah, sex. Yeah. No one wants to hear about no, that. No, no, it was incredible. But <laughs> bad stories, yeah, there's a few. Yeah. There's a few. Um, usually earlier on in my career. Because like the first two years, you know, it's like a roller coaster. So everything's new. Um, oh, do I want to do that? Sure, I'll give it a shot. Oh, turns out I can't do that. Okay, yeah. well, there's my limit. Yeah. So my first gangbang was mm. an utter disaster. <laughs> you know, I was 21 years old. Uh-huh. I'm a short guy. I'm five foot six. Uh-huh. Everyone else was six foot two. Right. You know, <laughs> over 200 pounds. Even even the the female talent was five ten. Oh, so no. already I'm like, God, I feel like a little kid here. <laughs> and everyone knew each other. They're all like 10 year veterans. Yeah. You know, and. I'm brand new. Yeah. My first gangbang ever. I've never even done, up until this point, I think maybe I did one DP in my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you want to like, work your way up to the gangbang. Yeah. You don't want to just throw yourself in there. Well, see, of course, I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. I thought, oh, I've done pretty well up to this point in my other scenes. Did you have an agent? Why would this be any different? Yeah. They should have told you. Yeah, of course. Well, it was, you know, they're the ones who obviously yeah. wanted me to do it. Of course. As a, as a means of getting more experience. Yeah. And, and just... Um, you know, expanding my, my brand or whatever. Right. So anyway, I feel inferior. Uh, <laughs> the scene starts. It starts pretty good, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, she's going to go around. We're in, like, a classroom. So she goes around, and she, like, blows us all one at a uh-huh. time. And I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time for everyone to actually, like, you know, uh, converge on her. Yeah. I just felt out of my element. Did you feel like a like the runt of the litter, like, oh, getting absolutely. pushed out? Oh, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah. And not only that, but, like, you know, I was floundering. I, I was barely hard if yeah. hard at all yeah. so the whole time i'm just looking around wide-eyed like okay okay where do i fit in yeah um how are we almost done like, yeah yeah if everyone's looking at me like come on kid get it together yeah i'm sweating bullets of course it's a disaster so <laughs> i i don't even think i got in for one position but we still made it to the end and now it's time for the pop and i'm just closing my eyes just clenching you know just uh-huh. threading needle and uh eventually i worked myself up ran ran up to her did what i had to do and 
it was it was a wrap. So I just, you know, <laughs> oh, I feel for you. I really do. Yeah. But like that, I mean, I can understand that. That's every guy's got to have a story like that. But yeah, I, yeah. I see that like sometimes in gang bangs, or especially like, for some reason, especially in blow bangs, because I feel like for some reason there's usually, a lot less to do in a blow bang. Yeah, you know? and I also think too, like usually blow bangs are like I don't know, they're not generally top tier male talent. For some reason, I always feel like they're like less experienced guys but there's always like one guy there that's like just jerking off sadly in the corner or like trying to get his dick in and like you see the girl like blowing all these guys and then you see his dick creeping he's like and then you like think he's gonna get it and then like she goes for the other dick and it's like and he's like oh no and then like tries to get in there again and then she like misses it and like i don't know i always focus on that one guy who's like not getting his dick sucked like it's it's just the one thing that stands out is abnormal yeah well clearly yeah there's always having an off day there's always one person who's just like who's just like jerking off in the corner the whole time like and and everybody else's but i I can only imagine what that's got to be like and you know, sure. I've said this before. I really feel like male talent doesn't get the like the kudos that they should because this is such a fucking tough job that you guys have. Like you yeah, were the yeah. whole scene is pretty much reliant on you guys. Pretty much. Pretty yeah, much, yeah. right? I mean the girl uh-huh. can suck. But if the guys are strong, like you can kind of save yeah. the scene. But even if the girl's mm. the best performer in the world and the guy can't do it, yeah, it's, it's, it's like awful. It's you're a mess. screwed. Tommy Gunn said to me once, because I was hanging out with him on set one day, mm-hmm. he explained that exact scenario as the male talent are the male cheerleaders. Yeah. You know, we don't get the recognition. We're not front and center. But yeah. if we can't do our job, the girl's going to fall flat on her face. Right. So we have to be there regardless of if 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 our co-star is top talent or a brand new girl we right. have to be on 110% we have to open them up open ourselves up we have mm-hmm. to control everything right you know regardless of who we're working with yeah and we're only as good as our last scene yes. so it's very easy to get a big head mm-hmm. get arrogant and then fuck up yeah. and now that eats away at you yeah. you know now you have to deal with oh god uh, i'm wasting people's time yeah Oh, oh God, this oh. scene's not going to be good. They're uh. paying me a lot of money. Now they're probably regretting it. I'm never going to work with them again. Yeah. And you just have this Rolodex of awful thoughts it's, that, that plagued you. It's, it's you know? horrible. I, I actually shot a scene um, a couple weeks ago where the guy was failing. It was two dudes, and the guy was having a hard time. And, um, and yeah, and it's like, you know, you got to be like, Oh, everything's fine. You know, the guy's apologizing. Brad, Brad Armstrong crawls up the excuse bus roll, just rolled in. Oh, man. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. you know, like the guy's like apologizing, like, oh, this happened, this happened. You're like, oh, no. And then, of course, you have to be nice to him. Sure. Yeah. You know, you, you got to be patient. Yeah. And then you got to be like, oh, it's fine. And then, you know, like, <laughs> it looks great. It looks good. <laughs> no, it's no problem. We're totally not paying for this location by the hour. Take yeah. all the time you need. And it's just like, and everyone's got to be quiet. So yeah. he can focus it's just like it's one of the most it's pretty awkward but it's just like it's painful and like my heart goes out to you guys when you have those because i imagine that like every once in a while you probably still have an off day we're we're humans right right we we i mean i try every day whatever's going on in my life Mm -hmm. leave it there leave it at the door you know, I'm here to do one thing and one thing only just focus on that then you can return to whatever is plaguing you but Yeah, you know, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. You you can't escape what's what's bothering you and it just compounds and if like the energy on set's off or yeah. if you just have bad chemistry with your partner, yeah. now you have to force it. Yeah. And yeah, like what should be a vacation of a day. Right. You know, a really easy just relaxed day turns into a struggle. Yeah. And 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 now it's definitively a day at work. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. But and I, that and, happens. And so many, and you probably get hear from a lot of guys who want to be a male porn star, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. dude, I could totally do this. Like, this is like I like to, you know, I like to have sex with hot chicks. Like, oh, I got a ten inch dick, and I'm just like, dude, you have no idea what goes into this. Man. Yeah, it's a different ball game. Yeah, it it's really, completely is. different. Yeah. Wow. So, when did you feel like? Was there a certain point? where you felt like, okay, this is like working for me? Or were you like sure that this is what you wanted to do from the beginning? Or did you kind of get into it, like thought you'd try it out? And was there a moment where you're like, okay, this is this, I can do this. This is like, this is my, I, I don't want to say destiny because that sounds a sure, little bit sure, too sure. like. But but hey, I'm pretty good at the job and I'm yeah. going to keep doing it. Like that, that yeah. moment. Um, yeah. 
you know, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with porn. Mm-hmm. So when I when I came of age, mm-hmm. I always knew I wanted to do porn. At least try it. Right. You know, at least do whatever I had to do to get me on set to see if I could do the job. Because, right. as we said, you don't know if you can do it until you do it. Yeah. You can talk all the game in the world, have have so much praise, but if you show up and you fail, well, there's the reality. You yeah. can't do the job. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, and it's a I mean, job that only a few guys can do. If you can't do it, it doesn't make you like less masculine. It doesn't make you less of a yeah. man. It doesn't mean you're not a good lay. I mean, set is one of. I mean, I think it's really sexy because I kind of like the. The I, I like, I, yeah, yeah, okay. and yeah. you know, and I always like porn, so I just have like an affinity for sleaze. Mm-hmm. So okay. I like it, even even if it's like, hmm, you know, just I don't want to say like a dirty set, but yeah. there are different tiers of sets. Yes. So. Some some days you show up and it's a feature and we're making a film and other days it's like we just want to show up, put some bodies in front of the camera and fuck. Yeah. And uh, that turns me on. Yeah. Um God, where was I going with this? Uh, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, I got, don't know. I got lost. Uh, we were talking, oh, um, when you real, had that moment where oh, you realized oh, okay. this is what you wanted to do. Yeah, no. The uh, the moment was um 2013 Avian Awards because I won best male newcomer. And at that point, you know, it's it's a silly award and it's kind of like an attendance award. But still, I was like, okay, they like me. Yeah, I've I've been chosen. You know, I'm I'm a winner. I'm documented as 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 an award winner. So right. at least then I felt, well, I'm I'm not bad at the job. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm pretty good at it. I just need to need to figure out my limits. I need to figure out how to always bring my best performance and not try to like coast by mm-hmm. or just. You know, sleepwalk through it, right? Phone it in, right? Um, but yeah, if there's one moment, I think that would be the moment where I, I saw myself as a as a potential long lasting member of the industry, right? But what are your favorite um, kinds of movies to do? Do you prefer features, Gonzo? Strictly porn, uh, Gonzo, yeah. Gonzo, Gonzo all the way, yeah. Why is that? Yeah, because I I got into this business to fuck. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I love acting. And I, I pride myself on my acting ability. But at the end of the day, the thing that gets me about porn is no matter how, how much effort I put into a role I'm given, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it only exists in our industry. I know, that's so, so true. I mean, we laugh about that all the time, about how we spend all this time on the dialogue and everything, and everybody else fast-forwards through it. And yeah, it's, yeah. for us, it's the only thing that we watch. Yeah, it's important. Know? And like, like I said, with like my performance, I also want to give... 100% to any role I do. Right. But still, it's in the back of my mind. Right. Thinking that, mm, do I really want to open myself up mm-hmm. for this, knowing that mm, it's not going to go anywhere? Yeah. You know? But that, besides that, yeah, I came into the business to fuck. So yeah. I like Gonzo. I like just being able to fuck without having um, parameters. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes in features... You you have to fuck as your character. Yes. Within the parameters of the story. You right. can't just do an up and over and put your foot on, on your head. co-star's yeah, head yeah, yeah, because yeah. you want to. You have yeah. to, oh, no, 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 tone it down. It has to be soft and sensual mm-hmm. and, you know, has to correspond with what we've established. Mm-hmm. But in Gonzo, almost anything, anything goes. goes, yeah. And and I, I view it very much as performance art. Mm-hmm. And the videographers are documentarians. Mm. They are, though we all have a plan, and mm-hmm. generally we talk about what we're going to do next, mm-hmm. it's still spontaneous. Yeah. You know, and yeah. anything in the moment could happen. Like, yeah. like yesterday, for example... Me and me and my partner, we just came out with these crazy positions while we were in the middle of it all, yeah. and it turned out that those spontaneous moments were the best parts of the whole scene. Yeah, you know, because we just let go. Yeah, but I feel sometimes a little restricted with with bigger productions. Yeah, believe me, I hear you. I have some clients that love to micromanage the mm-hmm. sex, and like for me, I I very much dislike that. You know, my my feeling is that you guys are professionals. You know what you're doing. You're the ones having the sex you're right it's our you're bodies in, so yeah, we know, we know what bodies. we like we know how to, to so perform I just like to hire the best talent like for my own productions I like to hire the best talent that I can and then just go knock yourselves the fuck out I'm just here I'm gonna press record I'm yeah. gonna let you do your thing yeah, give us a good show right you know? Right. and that's that's what we're there for we want a sexy dirty product yes we want it to be hot we want it to be slutty yes and you know that's what I like to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like feeling as if I have to pretend like, oh, it's your first time, so yeah. take it slow. Like, yeah, oh, or God, she's snooze your fest. Sister or oh, that's, yeah, that's every day for me. <laughs> every single day is 
Fosas. How do you feel about that whole trend? Oh, I hate it. It's I so it. I think like everybody in the industry yeah. hates it, but it's so popular. I, I turn my brain off to it. I'm like, oh, you're my stepsister. Yeah. But you know, yeah. Every time I get a script, I just roll my eyes and go, yeah. oh my god. I know. Why? I, I feel like Why? we all do that. I've done that. this scenario a million times a million already. T- I know. How many like relatives do you have in the industry yeah. now? I always make a joke that. I'm in and out of foster families because I keep <laughs> having sex with my stepmother or my stepsister, and yeah. they put me back in the orphanage, and someone else gets me, <laughs> and I just can't can't stop. I just have this problem. It's, I but, know, and it's it's on set. Like honestly, for you guys who are into like the faux porn, like on set, all we do is like make fun of the faux thing. Like everybody's yeah. just like, oh my god, you're my stepsister, you're my stepmom. Like we just. Yeah. All of we us are just, we're, I think we're sure all over never it. Know. Can you yeah. people please just get into something else? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Like, we are sick of shooting Fosas. It's just like, it's way too much. I just want to go back to the early 2000s. Wait, when nobody, when, when girls weren't either a MILF or a teen, it's just where they were just like a girl. hot chick. It's the hot chick and, you know, some ugly to moderately attractive guys <laughs> with like hard dicks and like that's what i want i want to start a scene where i can just walk in and and i'm already hard and sex yeah. happens I, yeah. I don't need all the minutiae that led up to it right but that's me as a performer and even as a consumer i don't care for stories or yeah it, it sounds weird but even production value i don't care for really yeah i don't like amateur stuff but uh-huh. i do i do not like the glamour stuff does either. it maybe feel like it's just not real it feels like there's there's no chance for spontaneity. Mm. Like it's 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 beautiful. It's great to look at, but mm. I cannot jerk off to it. Yeah, you I know. You. Like wow, these are these are wonderful photos. Yeah, this is art. But yeah. I'm not gonna. Yeah, it's funny. I feel the same way. Like the porn that I personally produce and that I'm known for and that I like to produce is mm. stuff that I would never actually watch in my own personal <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah. Like when it, if oh, it comes yeah. to like watching porn, which for enjoyment, which I never do because I'm so jaded, like my stuff is the last shit that I want to see. Sure. Yeah, like I'm not into it at all. Yeah. doesn't turn me on. It's funny like that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. We fall into those roles where yeah. we're known for something where yeah. personally we might not. Yeah. I mean, we endorse it, but we don't consume right. it. But I like making what I make. Like, sure. I, I yeah. wouldn't want to make the kind of stuff that I like to watch because the kind of stuff I like to watch is a little weird. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I wouldn't yeah, want to make that. It's lower, yeah. lower, lower quality. I yeah, assume. yeah, yeah. I don't want to make it. Um, I want to make what I make, but I don't yeah. want to watch what I make. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, makes sense to me because I'm that same way. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. At least with my earlier stuff. Right. So um, we talked about acting. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, talk about this movie that you're in, yes. City of Ticks. Oh, your favorite title. My favorite. <laughs> Though you did point out that it would make a, for a great parody title. It would, it City would. Of Dicks. Yeah, if someone wants to, you know, buy the rights from me, feel free. <laughs> so tell me. <laughs> I'll option them at least. Tell me about that movie and tell me how it came about and okay. your role in it, et cetera. So I'll just give you a little quick synopsis of it. It okay. is a, an adventure horror film about mm-hmm. two archaeologists who travel to Guatemala to uncover the ruins of Kapetch, okay, which is rumored to be the epicenter of the Mayan Empire. And upon doing so, they unwittingly unlock an ancient curse. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'll say okay. about the plot of it. Okay. But um, I, I joined the cast of this film in 2015. Mm-hmm. It was, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. So I was in... Because real movies take a long time to make. It was a long time, yeah. And it's a very small production, mm-hmm. you know, incredibly low budget. So really... Though to be fair, yeah. it looked fucking beautiful. And and you know Honestly, that that was our thank you. That's nice to say. That that was our goal. Is like how we have no money. Yeah. What what can we do? And how can we stretch this? Yeah. Um. So in 2015, I joined, and I was in the writers' room, and we went through dozens and dozens of iterations. But eventually, we 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 found the script we liked, and we started production summer of 2016. Mm-hmm. We started a Kickstarter with mm-hmm. two scenes we had shot. And we raised the money we needed, then we flew to Guatemala to, um, to finish all of principal photography, which is where the, the crux of the story takes place. Mm-hmm. So for about eight days, we just traveled all over Guatemala by car, by riverboat, by plane, just got everywhere we, ca- we could to shoot as much footage and as much varying footage as possible. Mm-hmm. So we're in the, the, the rushing waters, like this lush green with these these wonderful blues of Samoke Champagne. Mm-hmm. We were on the island of Flores running around <laughs> this, it, you know, it, it's almost like a, a touristy island. So yeah. w- myself and the other actor were, were in our, um, 
you know, our gear and we're running through the city because in terms of the story, um, Guatemala is on the brink of war. Right. So there's a lot of um, social unrest, mm-hmm. you know, but in reality, it's, it's a beautiful, idyllic place to live yeah. or, or visit for that matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just bounced around for, for eight days. Um, very small crew. Mm-hmm. It was it was as guerrilla as possible. You know, we we enlisted the help of locals who would let us jump in the back of their truck and, yeah. and shoot us um, hitchhiking. Um, who? Uh, how many? How many people in the crew did you have? Um, it varied. It varied on our on our biggest day, maybe twelve. Okay. You know, on our smallest day, one. Where it was like we need to do these pickups, so the director who's now doubling as the videographer would then yeah. take me or the other actor out and we would do inserts or, yeah. you know, small things. And, and production, principal wrapped in 2016, mm-hmm. but we still had pickups to do all through 2017. We had to ADR pretty much the whole film. You know, we had so much little work that we had to do that it took an entire year just to How even... How did you shoot the pickups not being in Guatemala? You just found like Well, yeah, we matched. We matched as 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 well as we could. I don't want to give it away right. because I would love for people to watch it and try to find and, those spots. Well, I'll tell you what, everyone who has seen it, no one has has mentioned the fact that that certain shots are not in Guatemala. Right. Even though it's the next shot in the film. Right. And it's supposed to be a continuation. But mm it's not. Yeah. It's not. But maybe if you can guess where, where we shot. Yeah. I'll just say it was in LA. Okay. You know, for all the pickups. Okay. Um, and then just like when you were in, cause I'm always interested in like the logistics of shooting stuff. Yeah. Um, did you guys have to like get shooting permits out in Guatemala? Did you have to rent locations or can you just go and just film? I mean, it was gorilla. So, so you can just go. And so film. sure. That's what we did. I don't know if that's what we were allowed to do Yeah. for the most part. I mean, no one I cared. Shot in Costa but, Rica but, for twisties, we would just, Oh like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, our well, tour guide, would, our guy would just take us like to some secret waterfall. Exactly. We, we had a fixer too. And, and, yeah. and she was in charge of pretty much getting us everywhere. Yeah. So if yeah. she was cool with it, we assumed everyone else would be cool with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't get in any trouble. Everyone yeah. was more than happy to be on camera and, think, and help us out. I think, so. honestly, like, L, it's funny because I think that, for me, I always think in terms of, like, the difficulty of shooting in L.A., which is a bitch and a fucking yeah. half. Yeah, everyone wants to be paid. Everyone wants to be paid. The cops love to come and fucking stop production if you don't have a permit. You know, you can be shooting, like, three people on the beach, like, and fucking cops will come and be like, do you have a permit for this shit? I mean, like, they're yeah. just at film LA. Fines. Yeah, massive, massive fines. fines. The permit office at film LA is paying the fucking ass. Sure. I'm sorry, they really are. I mean, especially for porn. Oh, yeah. They are it's not like friendly impossible. to us at all. I mean, mm. people wonder why people don't pull permits more often. It's because they make it so difficult yeah. and so expensive. Like right. how, how much? How much is a permit for? for so gold? it depends on what you're shooting. But if you're shooting like just stills, a permit is generally I think like one sixty five, one hundred sixty five dollars. But you know that's like a basic permit. If you're shooting in like the city of Malibu, then you have to get like a permit oh, for yeah. the city of Malibu, and you have to do a whole different registration. Santa Monica, same thing. Like so, it and depends you have to pay on for where you are. To be there too. It depends on where you're shooting sure. and what you're shooting. Okay. You might have to. You might have to pay for a policeman to be there. If there's any way that you might be blocking traffic, yeah. then you've got to have a traffic control guy there. Um, if the parking is going to be anywhere like. You know, more than a couple. It depends on the neighborhood too. Some neighborhoods have rules where, like, you can't park on the streets, and then you got to go like find some parking lot that you have right, to rent far shuttle. away. If there's a homeowners association, sometimes they make you pay the homeowners association. Yeah. So before that's, you know it, your budget's doubled. Oh my god! And just, that's just, just to get the location. That's just like pictures. If yeah. you're shooting video, like for the fire permit and all, it jumps to like nine hundred dollars, and there's no like in between. Which is just ludicrous. Yeah. Like, if you want people to pull more permits, make it more affordable. Like, maybe have, like, a student rate or, like, you know, base the rate of the permit. Porno rate. Or base the rate of the permit depending on how many people are going to be there. Yeah. Don't go from, like, $165 to $900. It's a lot. $900 is generally the entire um, budget for the fucking location. Yeah. You can't afford to pay a permit for that on top of the location. Give me a break. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess people don't understand that. Don't the budgets in porn aren't uh, no. aren't very high. I know. You want to no. know why? Because any motherfuckers pay for it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So there. So it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. End but, rant. <laughs> but that's why we fly under the radar or try to for the yeah. most part. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. No, it's it's a pain in the... Oh, don't get me. 
logistics of shooting is such a nightmare. God, if only you had a platform where you could I know, speak right? your mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Who's going to listen to this? <laughs> yeah. You know, and maybe you can have a site where they could pay <clears throat> to, to get, like, advanced... Maybe they can watch it live. Oh. That'd be pretty cool, Yeah, right? maybe, like, you know, maybe I should start something on Patreon. Yeah. I could call it, like, Holly Randall Unfiltered. Yeah. I don't know if that title works, but... Yeah. That's... That's... For talking about City of Ticks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for shitting on that title. Which she di- didn't do, by the way. She loved it. I, I actually, I'm sorry. I feel like a dick now because I didn't realize how involved you were in the entire production process and that you probably... Oh, like, yeah. This was, this was a, a few years coming. Yeah. You know, it was, so, it was a big deal. So I'm a jerk. But, nah. City of Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Holly Randall, City of Dicks. Did you guys ever, like, call it that All while the time. you were shooting? All the time. I mean, we tried to call it City of Pricks. Just yeah. to be a little, I don't know, less obtrusive about it. But yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, the second that that title was agreed upon, I was like, well, great. <laughs> the parody is already writing itself as right. we do this. And really, I mean, the whole film is, is is two men alone in the jungle. So it already has this, like, homoerotic vibe to it. <laughs> Boy, you know, it's, yeah. it'd be so easy to just, like, you know, zip open the tent. Yeah, it's like, the hey, broke back. <laughs> these ticks are scaring me. <laughs> But you overall, know what me? overall, how was the experience? Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. One of one of the best trips of my life, really, because mm-hmm. it was we it wasn't a vacation, even mm-hmm. though everywhere we shot, you know, for the most part was was idyllic. So yeah. I was like, wow, look at this beautiful landscape we're at. Oh, and we're shooting a movie out here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great. But did you so. ever was it was the landscape like though probably challenging in a way because it's so it was challenging mountainous. to 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 um get from one one Spot city to, to the next yeah. yeah uh the infrastructure is not not mm-hmm. built for commuting you know the roads have gigantic potholes yeah. potholes so bad where if you're not paying attention you're going to total your car yeah um and no no street lights yeah so we were driving at night for about eight hours and it was total darkness yeah i've been to nicaragua which is right next to it and um kind of similar situations so yeah, yeah it's dicey about. but, but yeah. it's exciting like that's that's what i like yeah, that's what I like about filmmaking. It probably yeah. and definitely much different than you know your average day to day porn shoot. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, quite quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit. So let's talk about your book Between okay. the Sheets. Everybody who's watching on video, this is it. Can you see it? Is it blown out, Ernie? You can read it. Okay, cool. Between All right. the sheets. Between the sheets. So tell us, um, tell us about this book. Okay. Well, Between the Sheets is written. By J.R. Verlin, mm-hmm. which is... Not you. It's me. It's me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but I, I, I wanted to write it through a different lens because I use Logan Pierce as the protagonist. Mm-hmm. But it isn't a one-to-one with reality. Okay. You know, I've taken a lot of liberties to tell a story, mm-hmm. not, not write a memoir. Right. And this is only one of a proposed three series okay. of Between the Sheets. So this gets us through... Um, we start... The first time I saw sex on TV, mm-hmm. and we end with me um, uh, winning the Best Male Newcomer Award. Mm-hmm. But the story is a lot of personal experiences. It's a lot of secondhand experiences and a lot of just things I've witnessed. Mm-hmm. And I was able to just take these these stories and try to mold them into this narrative that, that I created. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a little bit of truth, but... A lot of truth but, and a little bit of fiction. Okay. Um, we call it dirty fiction. Okay. Autobiographical fiction. Okay. So it's, it's set against a real framework of events. Mm-hmm. There is a, a protagonist who people could say is a real person, but really I made him up. So he's just he exists on the internet, right. and that's it. Right. Um, Don't we and it's, all? And it's just the the misadventures of of what it means to be a young well in the beginning a kid who who is watching internet porn. You know, when he's ten, eleven years old, and he's already obsessed with it. Who's mm-hmm. who's sneaking away to his brother's room to watch a VHS of porn? Mm-hmm. Who's just trying to consume as much as possible because at a young age, yeah, it arrested me. Mm-hmm. It, it took over my life for a period. Mm. So I was very hypersexual, very, very... Um, Do you feel like that was damaging in any way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no. shouldn't be so quick to say yeah. I don't know damaging is the word I'd use. Affecting mm. would be the word I would choose because, yeah, it, it changed me. It changed my trajectory, and, and I wouldn't be here right now in this moment if it weren't for porn. But is that a bad thing? Right. Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? I don't know. Yeah. Where would I be otherwise? Back in Pennsylvania? Uh, still trying to be a filmmaker? Or maybe I would have moved out here. I don't know. Yeah. But 
But besides, okay, so I, I was the first of my friends to stay in L.A. Mm-hmm. And as a result, almost all of my friends moved to L.A. Mm. And now they all have careers and their own networks. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say I'm responsible for that, but me being out here was at least a catalyst for them to, to take the leap that they wanted to do but were afraid to do. It's so interesting. You know, my ex-boyfriend was from Chicago, mm-hmm. and he moved out here to pursue a career in um, the TV industry. He works he works yeah. in reality TV. And as you go to school in Chicago, by the way? Um. Yes, but not uh, not like film school. Okay, okay. I don't fucking remember. God, wow. I didn't. We dated for like two years. Wow, I'm terrible remembering shit. Yeah. Anyways, um, but uh, and yeah, same thing as a cat. As a result of him coming out here and kind of like being able to establish a career and quasi so and so making it, all of his friends moved out here. Yeah, and now he has this whole group of like friends from you know his childhood from Chicago. Yeah, exactly. They all then they all like live in like Playa del Rey next to each other and uh-huh. like yeah. Keep so I'm in the same exact. But so all really my friends live by me too. <laughs> yeah, you know. And whenever one person moves to another part of town, mm-hmm. you know, other people think, "Well, I would like to see what life is like over on the west side. Maybe I'll move there." Well, also, and then too, in LA, another person moves there. Yeah, and and now it's like too long to get from one side of town. To it, the other. Exactly. I, I stay on the east side. I stay in K Town a lot. I love mm-hmm. this area, but you will be hard pressed to find me in Culver City. Mm-hmm. You know, I've no unless I have a reason to go. I'm not just gonna up and decide to yep. go to Culver City for lunch. Like, yeah. it's not going to happen. And I stay yeah. in Culver City. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you stay in your pockets. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad, but it's, yeah. Even but like it exists in every city. Out. Even in New York, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I could take, I could uh, hop on the subway. I'll be, I'll be, you, in, be to you in 30 minutes, but yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You no? Know? <laughs> no, I mean, I thought people I'm not. in New York did that all the time. Like, it well, was just L.A. where you just got, like, stuck in wherever you were. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think it's just an issue in, in, in any any major city. Yeah. Or just anywhere, really. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Or it's too but, easy. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of elements that, yeah. that, 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 that cause it. But, yeah, I'm lazy as hell. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to not be lazy, but sometimes it's just it's tough. I don't know. I, I'm going to say that you're probably not lazy because I know you work a lot because we've been trying to book this yeah, but, interview but, for but, like six months. Oh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Well, you too. I mean, our schedules, it goes both ways, you yes, know. Yes, but and you like put, produced and helped write and starred in a film in Guatemala that took you, what, four years? I didn't to, produce it. To, well, okay. But, yes, but, but, but I was on... The team on the team for what before four years. yeah before we ever even got to the production stage so, right and that's a, a massive commitment yeah. and you wrote a damn book and I wrote a book so yeah, I'm did, gonna say yeah another book not. coming out too see um, have I written a book no no but you nope. could I know. and you will I know my mom keeps bugging me to do it she's like I wanted you to be a writer because my dad is a writer <laughs> is that how your mom sounds now <laughs> <laughs> as far as uh, I'm Holly you were supposed to be a writer a writer well she's got an English accent and I'm oh, really really okay, terrible okay. at imitating sure, it sure 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 so you just do a really like arch yeah arch kind of evil accent <laughs> You would That's think funny. I'd be good at the English accent, having grown up with it, but I'm fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah. Figured, yeah. You nope. even as a, as a kid, you weren't like falling into it. No, you know, like, what? oh, sorry, that's just my mother. Um, I do say certain things differently. I say aluminium, I say vase, and I say aunt. Aluminium. And sometimes they, I say controversy. Ha 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 ha! Controversy. I like that. I, I say aunt. I don't. I rarely say aunt. Yeah. Uh, I will also say vase instead of vase. Yeah. But, um, but aluminium gets people aluminium. all the time. They're yeah. like, "What?" I'm like, "Aluminium, like aluminium foil." Alu- aluminium foil. Yeah. They look That's at me funny. like I'm crazy. But if I go to aluminium. England, I will start falling into the accent. Sure. Like I'll start to. It'll. You'll hear the ends of like my sentences kind of pick up. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. When I go back home, I fall into my um. My Delco dialect, which What's is the like? town I grew up in. Um, God, I don't know if I can do it right now. Usually I have to listen to it and I'll okay. fall back into it, but it's just southeastern Pennsylvanians have a certain twang in okay. the way they speak. You okay. know, they'll say things like home, like, oh, I'm, I'm going home. You that know. sounds English to me. Right. Well, it's it's <laughs> similar. It's similar a little bit, but it's just – it's kind of ugly, but I also love listening to it. Yeah. Um, I wish I had like a stock sentence I could say, but no, home is usually the big one. Yeah. I, when I was a theater kid, 
It's not and, like and, like uh, in Boston. It's like I'm going to pack the car. Yeah, like, yeah that's like the quintessential like sentence if you're trying to do that. Accent. But it, it's is it's as distinct enough to where if you know. Okay. Your, ears, your ears will perk up, and you're like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, Are you yeah. from Pennsylvania? Yeah. Or like the tri-state area? Right. But um, as a kid in theater class, um, everyone had just issues with enunciation. Right. You know, because where I'm from, too, everyone kind of like talks into their mouth a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, like marble mouths. Really? So, yeah, so we had to enunciate and, and, and open our mouths wide. So right. my whole high school career was losing my, my dialect. Right. And, okay. and just being able to... To speak clearly, right, you know, and and say what I mean, right. So I moved out here, and I no one knew like where I was from. They all assumed I was from LA. Yeah. But when I go home, it really, really just like naturally just falls right back yeah. into place, and it feels good. Yeah, I like it. So tell me a little bit about how you got into porn. How uh, you got it's so boring. Into this whole interest. It's, it's I don't so know. Boring. I think it's. I think that's interesting. Yeah. And a lot of people find it fascinating because I think a lot of people can't imagine themselves getting into this industry. And I think also too, like one one point of feedback that I get a lot from this podcast is that people are always surprised by like how normal people like yeah. the people yeah. in our industry are like we're all regular people so i think that once they can c- connect to someone and think like wow they're a regular person like me then they try to imagine how they could possibly fall into this exactly, industry because it just exactly. seems like a bunch of aliens would work in porn you know yeah 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 i mean of course because what you're seeing is mm-hmm. is the, the performance right. you know like like a musician, their job is to make it look easy. Right. And you're like, I could never do that. Yeah. Well, we've had a lot of practice. You yeah. know, we've been doing it for a long time. Right. That's why it looks looks easy. But right. um, so how I got into the business, you know, I wish I could say that I fell into it. I wish I could say someone saw my dick <laughs> in a <laughs> urinal and were like, you would be need perfect. to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. It was just me watching a lot of porn as a kid. Mm-hmm. I always thought, I want to do that. You know, I didn't think I could do that. I just knew that I wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a lot of confidence boosts from girlfriends in high school and college, and I st- just did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I grew up with the internet. When I, when I was ten, my family had AOL, mm-hmm. so I was already pretty well versed in, in like the chat room. Yeah, all the time, and that's that's in the book too. Uh, yeah, that was like I remember going into like some lesbian chat rooms. And yeah, I was oh, like, I went. What's going on? Everything. It's funny because I'm not into chicks. I didn't. I didn't know what most of the like BBW. I had no idea what that meant. I was like, yeah. but it's a chat room. Sure, I'll do it. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm a kid, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But <laughs> when I was like 16, 17, I started to get a little more serious about it. Mm-hmm. So I started following profiles. Okay, you know, um, well, even before then, I followed people on MySpace, right? Because porn stars had MySpace accounts. Yeah. You know, namely James Dean yeah. at the time. At the time. He was he was the beacon of hope for me. Mm-hmm. So I followed him, and I was like, "Wow, I I want that career. Mm-hmm. It's so tangible. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's my height, similar build. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not old. He started when he was eighteen. Mm-hmm. I'm almost eighteen. I feel like I could do it. So I, I messaged him. Nothing came of it. Of course not. You know, of course not. And and I. Of course, at the time, I expected like, oh, he's going to be so happy that to someone, me. some fan yeah. is, yeah. is, you know. Is praising him, whatever. Do you ever get messages from fans or guys asking to get into the industry and you think about how you messaged James Dean and he never got back to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay, I shouldn't say he didn't get back to me. He okay. did get back to me, but it was like, I was like, hey, man, any advice you could give? And it was, what did he say? I think he said... Don't get into porn. Ver- no, I think verbatim <laughs> he said, get an agent and network yourself. And that's okay. all he said to me. Okay. So that stuck with me. Yeah. You know, at the time, I didn't know that porn stars had agents. Right. I didn't know what an agent was. So I did a little research and I found porn agencies. Mm -hmm. At the time, there was 101, LA Direct, Type 9, Ideal Image, Mm -hmm. maybe a couple, OC. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I pretty much emailed all of them. Mm -hmm. You know, sent in photos, sent in a little pitch about myself, where I I live, um, how I'd hoped to be in LA, Mm -hmm. and no one got back to me. You know, mm-hmm. LA Direct got back to me though, and they said, "You will never do this." <laughs> like pretty much along those lines. It was really? like, well, it wasn't quite that direct, but it was like we get messages like this all the time. Guys always think they can do it. To be honest, we don't have any faith in your ability. So, like, good luck. But they didn't. Did they? Did you send in a video of yourself doing anything? I didn't have any. Video. I sent in photos. 
So then why yeah. would they say they didn't have faith in your ability? Be, I get them well, saying just cause, like, like oh, we get these messages all the yeah, time. Yeah, I get them saying you know? like get, we get these all the time, like you probably can't do it. But yeah. just it almost the way that they said that sounds like they saw it and then they were like, nah. Well, okay. Nah. Don't don't quote me on how I okay. I, I haven't I wish I'd had that email, but this was from, you know, 2008. That would have been, been great you know? if when you'd gotten on stage to like, accept your award <laughs> yeah. for best new male newcomer, you're like, I just want to read something to uh, you all. I got something in mind for Derek, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't. But maybe I do. Maybe I do. Don't worry. I don't think he yeah. listens to this podcast. No, he, he might not. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they said no, and I was like, all right, well. I guess that's it. But mm-hmm. I still I still submitted and eventually ongoing with that but but in a separate world um, I'm in film school. Mm-hmm. I'm in my third year of film school. My college offers an internship program, a study away program. Where do you think film students go? Los Angeles. Right. So I signed up for that immediately, yeah. fast-tracked my application, got accepted. So now I'm going to Los Angeles. Yeah. Now I'm I have housing for 4 months. Right. You know, they they had they give me a stipend, so I have money. Um and I was like, well, the pieces are coming together. I just right. need to find a job. Right. Just, just one, one opportunity. Eventually, Type 9 models got back to me. Mm-hmm. Who, they're gone now. Yeah. I mean, they, they folded almost immediately after my first scene, which is great news because that first scene is all I needed. Yeah. So they're like, you know, whatever. You're coming to L.A. Hey, if, if you want to work, we can find you some gigs. You yeah. know, easy stuff. Yeah. So I agreed to it. And my first job was a See My Sex Tapes, mm-hmm. um, POV boy girl scene mm-hmm. it's a piece of cake like i was shooting this stuff already privately with with my girlfriends were you supposed to hold the camera um uh, yeah okay yeah and, and i'm a film student so i know yeah. how to operate the camera right. it's not like oh teach me how to use this what do i do and the was, producer must have been easy. kind of relieved yeah because yeah. at first i'd be like oh fucking new guy and he's doing pov well, god damn it you might know him like, Derek dozer Mm-mm. Ever heard of him? No. Oh, he, no. He's, he still produces a lot of stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't he, know a lot of producers just because, like, I never meet them because I'm never on their side. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I know. I, I mean, know, I like, wouldn't know of him had I not worked for him. You right. Know? I know, so. obviously, of like the big names, but mm. like generally, I, I'm kind of useless in that way. <laughs> well, you are a big name. So uh, that's well, all you got. That's that, all you got. That's what do. I was hoping uh, you were gonna say. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene was a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. Like. I I don't know. I didn't. I guess I was nervous, but I wasn't really concerned about my performance. Mm-hmm. the The girl was hot. Mm-hmm. I was. Do you remember who? Horny it was? as hell. Yeah, was her name was. No, she left with within a year of me meeting her because mm-hmm. I worked with her again. Okay. And, and she was kind of awful. Uh. <laughs> uh, I do remember her name. I don't really want to say it though, because yeah. especially I, since I you just said know. she was awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she was just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, when are you going to shoot me? I'm waiting. Uh, you know, and the directors are like, and it was it was for a, a bigger production, so they were shooting a scene before us. And uh, she kept saying like, "Are you done yet? I'm ready." And they're like, "Just wow, wait, just wow. wait." The production does not revolve around. Yeah, you. Exactly, exactly. I would have punched that. She had no, that. Men- she had that mentality that of like, "I'm a star. I'm here." You're all here for me, yeah, no. and she didn't last a year. Yeah, I would never so, have hired her again. But she was attitude. she was fun to work with. That's good. You know, she liked me probably because I was new and I wasn't. She also had this thing where she didn't want to work with guys who'd been in the business for a while. Yeah, I know, I know. So she liked me because I was brand new at the time. That makes no sense. Usually, it's the opposite. Yep, yep. I don't know. I don't know what her thinking was, okay, but. Whatever. So the scene went really well, and, and then at the end, Derek's like, hey, you know, I'll, uh, I'll definitely book you again, man. This was great. Thank you so much. Like, guys aren't usually this strong. And I popped twice because I popped early, uh-huh. you know, like towards the end. But I was like, oh, fuck, I really messed up. And then we kept shooting, and I did it again. And he's like, dude, that was fantastic. Great work. I'm definitely going to put in a good word. Yeah. And then for about two weeks, I didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. I was like, guys, like talking to the agency, I was like, guys – I don't understand. I I did good. You know, I'm here to work. Is there anything else? And um, they were just crickets. Yeah. You know, radio silence. So at that point, I, I reached out to someone else, 101 Models at the mm-hmm. time, and I said, hey, I did this one scene. You know, this producer can vouch for me. He said I did a great job. Would you guys consider taking me on? Mm-hmm. And they did. And that's really what opened the door to, to me having a career. Mm-hmm. You know, from that point on, I was booked in the first year. I mean, I was like five days a week. Wow. You know, and it was crazy. Uh, and, you know, I made a lot of mistakes in that first year, of course, because yeah. everything's new to me. You know, yeah. the, for the first day, I didn't get hard on set. 
It was the first day that I realized, oh, I need to have Viagra. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, you know, just available. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time, I had done everything up to then naturally, but we just had bad chemistry. And I was like, how do I... God, this is tearing me apart. How do I? How do I? You know, remedy this. Yeah. What, what can I do? Yeah. And I and I didn't know. I just didn't know anything. I'm new, yeah. I'm brand new. So it just a lot of learning. But that reality was was really tough for me. Yeah. You know, because you guys have to call the scene. Yeah, yeah. They fired me, and then I I was. I called my girlfriend at the time. I was crying. That was. I was like, I did. You know, up until then, I did ten scenes, yeah, and I was I like, imagine. "But, but I was doing so well. I can't believe this happened." And then I went, I went to the one hundred and one, and they were like laughing at me, like, "Don't even worry about it. This happens all the time, okay?" Yeah. But what you got to do is you got to be smart, and you need an insurance policy. Yeah. So go to doctor, go to the doctor, get get what you need, and and just have it in case you need it. Right. So it took a little while for me to like resign to the fact that sometimes I'll need it. Yeah. And. I'm yeah. still here. So, you, you know, so I, so yeah, it was just a learning curve of, okay, well, maybe I need some artificial stimulation for certain scenes. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in that. Everyone's doing okay, it. Hey, man, man who cares? I need a Red Bull to finish yeah. a scene. My job is not, <laughs> is not, the scene is not based on my pleasure. Mm-hmm. I'm not there to have private sex with right. this beautiful woman who's so excited to see me. I'm there to get hard, open up, fuck, and come on command. Right. So whatever I need to do to accomplish those things and make everyone's day easy, yeah. I'm going to do. How did you do with popping at Popping on time. Oh, that's a piece of cake. Really? My my, it's a blessing and a curse for me. Mm-hmm. Like even to this day, I can come almost immediately mm-hmm. in any sex scene. So my whole day is is trying not to <laughs> trying come. not to come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trying not to come. Yeah. So w- w- blessing and a curse. Right, know, right, right, right. If I get too excited, oh, I'm gonna fuck up. Yeah. But if I can just keep it under control and 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 find a way to to get through it without doing something crazy, at the end, it's explosive. How? <laughs> it's explosive. <laughs> no you know what I mean? Like, I've compounded it so much that now it's like, you know, a, a dam. Yeah. You know, you got to open the, yeah. the dam gate, the floodgates. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, uh, what do you do, like, to stop yourself from coming too fast? Like, do you pull out and, like, yeah, or do that, you, like, think of something else? Uh, it's all mental. Okay. Yeah. Or, or yeah, I'll pull out and maybe just, Focus my attention on her, go uh-huh. down on her, yeah, or yeah. Uh, switch the position. Yeah. You know, something like really, if all I need is maybe like 10 seconds of, yeah. of no contact, and right, it's like, right. okay, now we can get back into it and, yeah. and work up to it again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really just need to concentrate. Yeah. You know, whenever the girl says, like, don't stop, I'm going to come, I'm like, oh, fuck, don't, you can't say that to me right yeah. now. Like, that's. The second you mention come, it's just my brain kind of all my synapses fire at so once. So you could actually do that whole like coming at the same time as a girl, which like oh, to me yeah. I always thought was like a yeah. myth, you know, like and if we're shooting softcore and we shoot mm. the fake internal pop and like both of them always come at the same yeah, time and uh-huh. it's like, oh my God, that never fucking happens in real life. But so for funny. you, that could happen. It could. Yeah. And I mean, I hope it has, <laughs> you know, like of course I don't. I can't say 100%. I want to say, yeah, oh, I, I've came a hundred times, a hundred times when my partner's orgasming, but yeah. I'm, a, I'm a guy, so yeah. what do I know? What, you yeah. know, they could just say that to make me feel good. And yeah. it's working, ladies, it's working. <laughs> you know, I don't <laughs> Keep know. Keep lying about yeah, your orgasms. I, they I, have no idea. <laughs> I really don't know, but I, I try. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want it, I want us to be on an equal playing field at all yeah. times. So yeah. What um I some I always like to ask uh people like deeper questions on this podcast. Okay. What um what is what is like your greatest fear? My greatest fear. Wow. I have a lot of irrational fears Mm -hmm. that aren't too deep, Mm -hmm. but like I also have deep fears too, but maybe I'll start with the surface level ones and maybe get deeper. Open water. Scares the fuck out of really? me. Really? Yeah. Flying scares the fuck out of me. Really? I hate it. Hate heights. Hate being trapped in an airplane. It, it's it's almost gotten to the point where I don't fly anymore. Wow. Because I'm just so how do you paranoid how do you manage it? it? Do you not sit by the window, or do you have to sit by the mm, window? Do you? Take, I prefer like, window seats because I can control the 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 the, 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 the what do you call it the uh, the blind the blind. There you yeah. go. I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, the blind, and I can just. Put it down. Do you like Xanax and like have like? Uh, I've never, I've never line. taken Xanax, but I think I'm going to start when I fly <laughs> next because everyone always says like, "Oh, you should take Xanax." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah but I don't want to like 
do something stupid on the plane. Well, I mean, you know, like if, like if I pass out, great. But if I'm like paranoid and maybe I'm, I'm a little wonky, I don't know. I just maybe take Xanax at home, like when you to see how it affects you. Because I, I sure. guess it could affect you differently than other people. But generally, it should just calm you down and maybe help you go to sleep. Yeah, I just uh, just trying to make me pass out on the flight. Usually, great. what I would do is um, when I was when I was drinking, I would take an Ambien and have like a glass of wine. Yeah, but isn't that like the number one do not do? Is, is drink and take it? It depends on well. Because I mean, well, I guess I would do that. If you don't want to have fun, yeah. then sure. <laughs> it See, depends. Like, Ambient's one of those weird things okay. too that it affects people differently. Like some people yeah. like black out on it, like black out on it the next day, and then they'll like do mm. something crazy. So Ambient is one of those weird things that like it can have definitely. Yeah. Negative I mean, side I took effects. an Ambient last time I flew home. Mm-hmm. I didn't even fall asleep. Mm. Like, did it make you kind of loopy? No, no. I guess if if anything, it did relax me a little bit. But did you take the quick release or did you take the slow release? It was a, a pill. They're both. It wasn't pills. a gel cap or anything. It was just a like a regular. The, okay, was pill. it? I, knew, uh, I know a little too much about Andy. Yeah. Oh, the um, size? oh, it was oblong and. Okay, uh, it was oblong and it yeah. was white. Yeah. Was it a ten milligram or I'm, was it like? Yeah, Holly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So if it has like a certain coating, it's a slow release, okay. um, which is good if like you want to slowly fall asleep and it'll help keep you asleep. And there's the quick release, which hits you right away. Um, and then that'll help Once you Once I put my seatbelt on, right. I just want to yeah. clock out. Yeah, that you yeah. want the quick release ambient. Yeah. Right, and well, that stuff can time. make you kind of loopy. I did a lot of da- very dangerous online shopping with that stuff. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bad. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't good. But, yeah. Nah, we'll see. So, okay, so... Flying, heights, water. I don't know if it's a fear of mine, but I think about it a lot. Mm. And when I think about it, I get a little sad mm-hmm. for, for this potential future. But, you know, I would like to have a family. Mm. And, and I guess part of me, while there's nothing that's stopping me from doing that, part of me is just apprehensive about maybe doing it, mm. being who I am and what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not only that, but... but being a, a a good partner mm-hmm. for someone else that scares me too because I have a lot of issues. Mm. You know, we could talk all day about about my weird tendencies and urges and and how my brain and body are never on the same page. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just you know. Do you have I, a hard time about that? I think do you have like, a hard time keeping relationships, being in the porn industry, and do you think yeah. that your job has? I mean, mm-hmm. I can imagine that your job probably makes it difficult to meet women who aren't in the porn industry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but I only want to have sex with people in porn mm-hmm. because they're the best at it. That's true. You know, they're professionals. You, you have steak. I don't want to go eat a cheeseburger. <laughs> so, but um, you know, that's me being stupid because, of course, I can find great chemistry and great sex with anybody. They don't right. have to be in porn. But because of my career, it's you know, it's kind of. I don't want to say it's easier, but it is. It yeah. is easier because, hey, I get to show up every day, meet someone new, and maybe fall in love. Right. And not only that, but we're like we're going to fuck. Yeah. That's our job. So yeah. we're going to find out very quickly if we're sexually compatible. Right. right. And that's pretty um, important to you, I would imagine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I think about this a lot, how in porn we kind of do backwards dating mm-hmm. where we, we fuck first and then get dinner. Yeah. Which sometimes I like. Which, I like and, a lot. And it's kind of funny, too, because asking a girl out for dinner is, like, way more obtrusive than having sex with her. Whereas opposed to in the real world, asking a girl out for dinner isn't maybe necessarily that big. I mean, it is a big deal because clearly, like, you're interested in her yeah, on a dating yeah. scenario, but you could never walk up to a girl and, like, want to fuck her. But, like, you know, because we consider this to be a job and a mm-hmm. profession, so, like... If a guy asks a girl afterwards, like, hey, you want to get dinner after a scene? It's, it's like, like, ooh, wait a, second, wait wait a, second, a minute. On. That is very serious. Yeah, no, we just work together, buddy. That's, yeah. that's all we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so uh, along the lines of what you just said, in the real world, when, you're, when you go on a date first for dinner, mm-hmm. I feel like, not all the time, but we're all playing a game sometimes mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, now we need to find out if we're going to have sex. Mm-hmm. Now I need to be on my best behavior. Oh, yeah. I need to do everything right to get laid. Yeah. Which is kind of phony. Yeah. Whereas in porn, yeah, we fucked and it was good. So, hey, why don't we get dinner and, you know, whatever. Yeah. No strings attached. But I don't need to impress you. Right. Or, or, I mean, I should try to impress you a little bit because you want to get right. to know me as a person. Right. But I don't have to convince you to have sex with me or or... 
play the, play the game to potentially get laid. It's like okay, that's out. That already happened. So that wall's down. Now we can just hang out and and no pressure. I guess it's you know? like I guess it's like the ultimate icebreaker. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know what I mean. Good. Like doing a scene with them first. Yeah. Okay. And for dating, it's it's good and bad because right. you know I've been in situations where I've, I've tried to have monogamous relationships monogamous right. relationships in porn. Meaning that you just don't have sex with people outside of filming o- the scene. Outside of filming yeah. the scene. But, Got you know, it. sometimes, sometimes you, you just, you want to see that person again mm-hmm. after a scene. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have just this chemistry. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard for me to just ignore that mm-hmm. a lot in a relationship, you know. But but do you think that you could be emotionally monogamous with one Absolutely. person? Absolutely. And be like, 100%. maybe not physically monogamous? E- yeah, which is why in my next outing, whenever that might be, I think I want to try more polyamorous dating. Yeah. Because I like to have sex with multiple partners. I like to have sex with strangers. Mm-hmm. I really get off on it, which mm-hmm. is why I love porn. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also want just... I want a partner. Mm-hmm. You know, I want someone who we can build and grow together and create and we're we're always in each other's corner, but mm-hmm. yeah, I like to have sex with a lot of people. It's interesting cuz actually last week on my podcast I had Dr. David Lay on who's a sex therapist and oh, okay. we talked about monogamy and we talked about uh porn and you know why he doesn't believe that there's such a thing as porn addiction or sex addiction and some people just have higher libidos with others mm. and that like a big issue that people have in relationships is like mismatched libidos and also too why we as society should maybe reconsider the whole idea of monogamous relationships yeah i I agree with that a lot because there are those individuals who are in like very strict monogamous Mm -hmm. relationships and any opportunity they get to stray they will right or they'll they'll look at i mean you know i don't i don't see anything wrong with looking at porn consuming Mm -hmm. porn in a relationship but those individuals who are so repressed when they see porn they just yeah you know like erupt they just unload yeah well you know? he, he also talked too about how there's a high correlation between like people who claim that they have a porn addiction problem and religion so people who tend to be religious are people because they feel who, guilty about it exactly yeah. and they're generally sexually repressed because they've yeah. been raised with this idea that masturbation is bad and that you yeah. know monogamy is the only way and and all that kind of stuff so it was really yeah. interesting um and eye-opening and he talked about how like he actually got into researching all of that um, by uh, doing like therapy with swingers, and he how he found that that people in swinger relationships generally have healthier relationships <laughs> than a lot of people in monogamous relationships because they have sure. really good communication. Yeah, and that's that's what's key. Yeah, you know? and that's that's always been my hardest. Yeah, my hardest thing to 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 just get right is right. talk about how I feel. But yeah. like growing up. Um, you know, I was, I was raised Catholic mm-hmm. in a fairly pretty liberal household, but mm-hmm. I, I went to church and I went to CCD. I got confirmed and everything, mm-hmm. but you know, just where I grew up and, and everything, we never really talked about our problems right. or talked about our, our interests. It was always right. just, just bottle it up. Yeah. Keep it down. Yeah. Just go with the flow. Do what everyone else does. Don't stand out. Mm-hmm. Don't be weird. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I never liked that. I was always promiscuous Yeah, and I you know, the second my parents gave me the choice whether or not to go back to church, I haven't been back since. Yeah. You know, I was, I was 13, I think, when I made that choice. Yeah. Um, and I just, even now, all the exploration I've done, all the experiments I've done, or experiment, experiment, <clears throat> experimentation I've done, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've even come close to scratching the surface of, of who I am as a sexual person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still so much more to, to understand and unlock and... It's amazing how complex on. and multifaceted human sexuality is. Yeah, and the more you have it, the more you want it. Yeah. You know, you can't scratch the itch. Yeah. And in porn, too, it's like a great scene is, oh, man, it's it's addictive. Yeah. It really is because the energy is so high, your endorphins are racing, your adrenaline is pumping, mm-hmm. and god damn, you just came together and did something magical, mm-hmm. and I want it again and yeah. again and again, yeah. but you're chasing the dragon. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's fun. It's fun. I like it a lot. Well, it sounds like you're on you're on a journey to self discovery. Sure, aren't we all? You know, <laughs> that's true. Talk to me in twenty years. We'll see. <laughs> see, I'll, I'll still be on that journey. You know, right? I'll know less than I know now. Because <laughs> the more you know, the more questions you have. Yeah, that's true. 
That's true. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Logan. I yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, it thanks for having great me. Great to have you on. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and if you have any other pluggables that you want to plug? Okay. Let's see. I have a few. Social media, really quickly. In, uh, Instagram, who underscore is underscore Logan. Twitter, at who is Logan. My website, whoislogan.com. And on the website, you can find all of my short stories, my poetry, links to buying my book, and a link to the full streaming City of Ticks. Oh, and the documentary. There's ah, a, yes. I don't we, know. Which we didn't there's, talk there's, about. Yeah, I know. I feel like I have so much that I want to plug, but uh, I may have lost my train of thought. Anyway, there's a little doc on me out right now. It's on my website. Check it out. And uh, please check out City of Ticks. Awesome. And you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you like this podcast, please, please, please support me at patreon.com slash Holly Randall and filtered. You can also email me um, if you have any questions or suggestions for guests or if, you know, you just want to let your phone ring during a show. It's on airplane mode. It's an alarm. <laughs> um, you can email me at Holly Ra- at. You can email me Holly Randall unfiltered at gmail.com and um, I might answer you. I might not if you have a Ooh. stupid question. I'm curious. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. I just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, you being here means everything. But what would mean even more to me is if you would go on iTunes, rate and review this podcast, and share it with a friend. If you know somebody that's fascinated by the adult industry but doesn't know anything about it or is really into a certain performer or guest that I have on the show, tell them about it because you know podcasts really grow by word of mouth, and your recommendation means a lot to me. What also means a lot to me is your money because this does cost me money to produce. So if you can support me by going to my Patreon and joining, I give away really cool prizes, gifts. You get access to the live streams. There's just so much cool stuff that you get in exchange for your support. So go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Next week, I have a very special guest. You guys have requested her many times over. Um, she is a beautiful girl. She is an award-winning performer. And she is probably one of the dirtiest performers out there, which means she's one of the best. So next week, Katrina Jade will be here on the podcast. Make sure that you do not miss out on that episode. It is going to be a good one. I will see you guys next week with Katrina Jade.